The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it has been written through the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. And after their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that had appeared at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. And then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Generally speaking, we like to have some choice in our future. In the end, of course, we do have to choose. From time to time, someone else will tell us, either as individuals or as families, that we must uproot ourselves from where we are and move somewhere else. 
may be a great distance. We have to change our lives. To leave what we know, to leave our friends behind, or our families too. There are some professions that do that rather drastically at times. Suddenly, without warning, someone is told they will have to move. Go a long distance away for a long period of time and perhaps permanently. It takes a certain kind of person to do that. As most of us like to remain rooted where we are. I doubt very much that St. Francis Xavier expected to die on an island off the coast of China. But he did. And so it is with these men. This is a beautiful feast, don't you think? Epiphany. These individuals appear briefly. For a very short period of time, They disappear and were never heard from again, except in legend. We know they are from the East. They are Magi, astrologers, wise men, learned men. Just before his crucifixion, other wise men will come to visit our Lord from the West, Greeks, Gentiles, both. Pagans, almost certainly. When when God reveals himself to the Gentiles, he does it through nature and through philosophers. When he reveals himself to the Jews, it's through prophets. These men have seen something. They are astrologers. They watch the sky. Almost everyone back then was an astrologer, or at least superstitious. They see a sign in the sky. Exactly what it was, well, that's something we can conjecture. Might have been a conjunction of planets, whatever it was. There were a number of things of that period in history, a number of celestial happenings. And they know they must leave where they are and go somewhere else. This sign is saying to them, You must leave here and go to Israel, to Judah, to Palestine. There you will find this king. The whole world was expecting it to come from that area. Strange, isn't it? Even the pagans had some tradition about it coming from Israel. The Delphic Oracle said so. The Roman poet Virgil And his Georgics mentioned something of it. So they set out. They leave everything behind. They're not exactly sure what they're going to find or what it means, but they know what they have to do. That takes great courage, as well as great vision and hope. And so they arrive in Jerusalem, requesting to know where this newborn king of the Jews is to be found. They have seen his star at his rising. And we are told, as we know, King Herod, on hearing this, was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. 
they had reason to be troubled if Herod was troubled, as we know. Herod was a uh, suspicious, cruel man. He murdered, was it, two of his sons and one wife. You remember that that Augustus Caesar said it was safer to be Herod's pig than to be his son. There's a play on words in that in Greek. And so Herod wants to know where. He calls the chief priests and the scribes and inquires of them. And they say, Bethlehem of Judea. Did they go? There was not a single priest or scribe at the manger. But they knew where he was. They knew the prophecy. But they weren't interested in going. Herod then tells the Magi to go find the child and then return to him. And they set out. The star, again, they're following. Or at least what that star represents. And they find the child, the one they were looking for. They must have thought it very strange to find this child in the way they found him. There was nothing kingly about his environment, nothing extraordinary. In fact, it was very much the opposite. They find a child who is born into what appeared to be poverty in a cave. But they believe. And we are told they saw the child with Mary, his mother. St. Joseph isn't even mentioned as being present on this occasion. But with Mary, his mother. And they prostrate him and do him homage. These men came from a world where the stars were worshipped. And they will now come to find the creator of the stars. Their lives will be changed forever. We know nothing about them after this. The tradition is, in some places, that that they died as martyrs. They were converted by an apostle after the resurrection. A nice tradition. We say there were three of them because there are three gifts. In the East, they're numbered as twelve. And the gifts we know, too, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They recognize this child for what he is. We just sang about what these mean. The gold for kingship. The incense for divinity and priesthood. And the myrrh for burial. All through our Lord's life, the cross is there. In the very beginning, it's there. When the shepherds came, the cross was there. When the wise men come, the cross is there. And when the Greeks come, the cross is only a week away. Always there are symbols of why he has come, what his purpose is, what this Messiah is supposed to be. Having done what they were supposed to do, we are told, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another route. They will go back now, and as far as history is concerned, they will disappear. God has been made visible not only to his own people, but to all humanity. And so for us, we have come too for that reason, haven't we? It didn't take much for us to get here. We have come to be present to him as he comes to us.
You see how all of this keeps coming back to the Eucharist again and again and again? That's how the Lord comes to us. And that's how we find him. That's where we look for him. But he's always there, just waiting for us to come, waiting for us to offer ourselves to him. But these gifts are symbols of themselves, as every gift we give to the Lord is. They give things that God has already given to them to him. And so do we. But our journeys aren't finished either, are they? At least in this life, they aren't. There's always some new step to take, some new vision, some new part of the journey. And maybe sometimes when we think we have reached our goal, we've only reached a plateau from which we must move. So if we think that we're very comfortable where we are, like the kings, we are being called out of it. In fact, generally speaking, as soon as we believe that we have found a place where we are comfortable, God will do something to draw us out of it because he wants us to keep moving towards him. So today, as we celebrate the Eucharist, uh, we come to offer him what we can. He wants, of course, nothing less than ourselves. He wants everything. He wants nothing left behind. So, rejoicing in what God has done, we go on now to allow God to do what still needs to be done in us. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in the vision of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, her members will always be bright stars shining in our world Visible signs of Jesus Christ made present, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, they will listen to the signs sent to them through the church. They may come to know Jesus Christ, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that they may know that they are visible signs of the Lord and his love for humanity. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have ceased to follow, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, especially life in the womb, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who indeed will be visible signs of Jesus Christ, who will witness to his presence for greater reverence for the witness of marriage in the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord for our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that having spent time in the presence of the Lord, they then too may be visible lights to the world in which we live, we pray to the Lord. Lord for the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. Amen. May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that having been in the presence of the Lord and having seen him and received him, we may then witness to the world 
and his presence. We pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of God as we sing. (laughs) 